Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Walking Through Glass, the podcast with your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown. Good morning, good morning, happy Monday, happy July 1. Can you believe it is July already? Um, June just flew by and now we're in July. But the beauty thing, the beautiful thing is it's a beautiful day here in sunny California. And it's actually sunny in California. But I'm still going to bring you this daily dose of your vitamin Dr. D. And this week we're going to be talking about freedoms, right? We're going to just talk about what it is really to be free and some of our freedoms that we have within our control and in our power. And we have 4th of July on Thursday when we talk about Independence Day. Well, we're going to talk about really what that means this week and not only just being independent, but being free, especially free from certain limiting beliefs and free from certain phantom limbs that may have been plaguing our subconscious and really impeding our conscious ability to live our very best life today, right? So let's go ahead and get started. Um, I was so excited and looking forward um, to today and I keep thinking, my goodness, I'm finally in the groove in the mix of this that I could almost really just do it every day. I can give you a daily dose of vitamin Dr. D literally every day because something just hits my mind set and it's like, wow, I really do need to um, share this. And so uh, I really marinated on some things this weekend and really had the freedom (laughs) to do more self-care because again, it's really about doing the self-care. But last week was really a powerful week as well. And if you didn't catch last week's daily doses of vitamin Dr. D, you definitely want to do that, especially as we talk about courage and, and, and the courage that we need to truly be our authentic selves is really rooted in how we show up every single day. So this week, again, as we flip it back to being free, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and downloading and sharing the podcast. I finally hit the 1K mark, actually I'm over 1K thousand downloads and that's a huge milestone for me because I just set a goal and I said, okay, this is serious business. I really love this. I really, this is part of my purpose walk. And so I need to become more intentional about asking people to share and just really promoting my own show. And I had a real conscious conversation with one of my thinking partners and I was sharing with her that I actually spent more time promoting her show and other people's show and other people's businesses than I did my own. Hmm. What's up with that? Right? So that's, that's even, that's an episode I'm going to talk about later on this week, because today I really want to speak to the mom's heart and those freedoms that we need and being free from mom guilt, right? Being free from mom guilt. Last week, from Wednesday through Friday, I had the unique opportunity to accompany my 17-year-old son to the Blue-Gray Football Combine, and he was so super excited. I spoke about last week on Thursday or Friday about, you know, removing some programming that almost ruined the experience for the both of us because letting some old ideology 
and some old mindsets and behaviors um, damage um, the power of the relationship in the moment and being present. So definitely go back. You want to go back and check out last week's Courage um, episodes. So during this this journey that we had together, we drove to Las Vegas. We had literally three full days together. I love spending time with my son. He truly is my greatest joy. Um, sometimes my greatest frustration, but definitely my greatest joy and my best blessing. And I feel honored that God chose me to be his mom. And because I feel that way, I've held on to a lot of um, programming. I've hold, held on to a lot of what I call phantom limbs about decisions that I made as his mom. And I know that they impact him. I know that um, at different times, whether he consciously manifested or not, that part and partial to how he relates to people, what he, how he values relationships is part of what I poured into him, but also part of what he may um, not know how to put into words that he feels he's missing out on. You see, when I got pregnant with Xavier, I was married at the time, and yet my husband and I had already decided that um, we were going to go our separate ways by the time I found out I was pregnant. And I lived overseas in Korea. He lived in Virginia. Um, I suspect he had started a whole life without me in Virginia. And I had really begun to live a different life with myself in Korea. And, and being honest, I began to find myself. And so when we had the conscious conversation that, you know, maybe we should have just been the best of friends instead of getting married. Now we'd already been married, what, nine years at that particular point. And, um, and so it was just really... Um, a great conversation. However, when I found out that I was pregnant with Xavier, I was, it was really a late, I didn't find that until was like five months, you know, um, pregnant. But again, we had already made that decision that we weren't going to be together, but we also made a decision that we wouldn't stay together because of a child, but you know, we would share the responsibility. So he helped me pick out the name. We had conversations. Um, but then I can feel at some point in time, whether it was a relationship he was in um, or family, I don't know. His behavior started to change. He started to accuse me of all sorts of um, derogatory things. He started to make comments like, okay, we've been together, but how do I even know? That's my, my kid. People always tell me when people go to Korea, they go have whole different lives. And, and I was like blown away and just like shocked. And I went into my battle warrior mode of, well, you know what? I don't need you. I could do, you know, I got a job. I can take care of myself. And, you know, some of those woman, um, Shiro mindsets that we have, especially if we are the product of single moms. And, you know, I thought for a moment I was a little afraid, but then I thought, you know, I can do this. I'm a smart, I'm a planner. And I had an amazing village that surrounded me. And so I went into preparation mode. I made sure that I mapped out so that financially it wasn't going to be an issue. Um, support system was going to be an issue. But at the same time, I made a promise. I made a promise to that unborn child as I talked to him every night and wrote him letters that I was going to love him so much that he never had to wonder if he was loved. And he definitely wasn't going to have to go look for women to love him because his mom loved him. Now, I want him to have a relationship and be in love, but I didn't want him to feel like, 
he was missing out from being told that he was loved. So his whole life, I've always told him every single day, every day, more than once, I love you. I love you. I love you. Give me a kiss. I love you. And even if he didn't say it back, and even if he was mad at me, and I said, you can be mad at me, but I still love you. I don't like you right, your behaviors right now, but I still love you. And so through the course of that, by the time, you know, he was one and a half, two years old, um, I got remarried. And uh, my ex-husband, um, now ex-husband number two, pretty much um, just really loved and treated Xavier as his own. And he just kind of, they, they bonded on a whole nother level. And so one day I remember Xavier being like three and a half, four. And he looked at me, he goes, mom, this is my dad. And I said, okay. You know, and um, shortly thereafter, my um, ex-husband and I, we had gotten married and, and life was great. And like I said, Xavier looked like his family. We blended with the family, had, you know, you know, this, this deep relationship. But over time, things began to change, not only just in the relationship and how he treated Xavier, but also um, how he treated me. And so um, part of the decision a couple of years ago was that in order to truly live my best life today and also set an example for Xavier to really formulate loving relationships where people value you within the relationship and that you don't compromise who you are because of, you know, just being connected to a person or is considered to be a position of power. Or even if you're trying to hold on to possessions, the big house and the cars and the trips and the, all of that. And so knowing that I was so miserable and that my health was being impacted. And then the way that he, as Xavier got older, the way he began to treat him was also not really appropriate. He was very verbally um, and what I call mentally abusive. Not, and to me, that could be more damaging. And so he loves you really well, and then he beats you down with, with his, his, his tone, his voice, his actions. But he's, you know, really shiny on the outside. But he was also broken on the inside, and he had some scripts that he needs to work on, and then he did. And, and being in the military and PTSD and a whole host of other different types of things were going on. But at the end of the day, I had to make a choice as Xavier's mom and honor that promise I made to Xavier before he was even born. And I would love him and I would make choices that was in his best interest and our best interest and that um, if I made it with a free and clear conscience that this was the best choice for us, then I could go to sleep at night. Well, that doesn't still mean that you don't have mom guilt. And as Xavier's gotten older and once... Um, we got a divorce and I told my ex-husband, doesn't matter. I would never come in the way of him and Xavier's relationship with each other. I would never do that. But my ex-husband opted once I left three years ago, um, three and a half years ago that he stopped talking to Xavier. He literally completely a hundred percent cut him out of his life. Um, Xavier reach out, you know, call, no response. And in our house in Georgia, I left all Xavier's belong, many of his belongings, his bedroom furniture, all the different types of things because he was like, his stuff needs to stay here. This is his home. Xavier, you will always have a home. This is your place. This is your roots. Um, you know, and so we said, okay, he could come spend some, you know, he could come spend time with you just because we are choosing not to be together anymore. Doesn't mean that you guys don't have a relationship. You've been together, what, 12 years? You know what I mean? He pretty much raised him and not pretty much, but he did. And so 
it was heartbreaking for Xavier, who just kind of, he's a quiet person, he internalizes everything very much like me, male version. Um, and so I know that at different times when he lashes out at me, that he's mad at me. And he's mad at me because he doesn't have a relationship with his biological dad. Because people always ask about that. Does he have a relationship with his dad? Well, no. He, again, made a decision that after David was a few years when he was still very young, that he just pretty much had his whole other life. And so for Xavier and the mom guilt I've carried a while for a long time was the fact that I made decisions and choices um, to walk away or to leave relationships that weren't healthy or weren't, um, they were no longer part of what my roadmap was um, for a variety of reasons and not those impacted Xavier, which impacts him now and the, some of the decisions that he made. So Xavier and I, uh, when we were in Los Angeles, I wanted to give you, I mean, in Las Vegas, I wanted to give you a little bit of the backstory to frame the crux of the conversation that we had. And it was a breakthrough moment for us as we started to have a conversation about the future and college and where you're going and what's going on with your grades. What do you need to do? And all of these different types of things. And as I share with him and talk to him about being his advocate and, and setting himself up for success and pouring into him. And as I'm asking him questions and we're highlighting some areas of growth, and anytime I do that, he lashes out at me sometimes. And so I told him he can communicate, but what you will not do is just be disrespectful. That was not, we will not have that type of relationship um, that's there. And so as I can see his feathers being more ruffled and he's getting agitated, I just pulled back, but I, I said, your tone of voice is not acceptable to me. You can share your, you know, the points. I said, but the way, what? He's like, what am I doing? I said, Xavier, you are, your voice and the manner in which you're communicating is not acceptable. And I said, I can tell when you're reacting to me in a very disrespectful manner because the way your voice changes and the way that you do in a very flippant type manner. And I said, I'm telling you right now, I will not tolerate that. And that is not acceptable and it will stop immediately. And, you know, I said, if we need to come back and have a conversation later, that's fine. And so as I sat there, I got so angry. Oh my gosh. So the same freedoms I give him, I give myself the grace. I was so angry. Okay. I was so mad at him because I said, how dare you? And I sat there and I wasn't going to say anything, but I told him, I said, how dare you just treat me like this when I go so hard in the paint for you and I'm the person you consider the least. I said, you do A, B, C, and D. You react this way to these people. I said, but when it comes to me, you treat me in a manner which is unacceptable. And I'm tired of it. And I'm not going to put up with it anymore. And if this is the relationship you want, I said, then I'm not going to be involved in that part. I will be your mother. I will support you and take care of you. But we will not have the relationship that I believe that you want to have and that I expect to have with you. And... I then, you know, God just said, go deeper. And I said, you are angry at me. You're angry at me because A, you feel that it's my fault that you don't have a relationship with the two men in your life who you long the most to have a relationship with. Your biological dad and your stepdad. And you see, it's my fault because I chose to leave. And because of that and I said and you can be mad but you will not be disrespectful and I said and it's not your fault 
It's not because you're not lovable. It's not because, you know, I said adults make stupid decisions. I said they do stupid things and it's, it's their programming. It's their tape. It's their issue, not yours. You have to process through it, but you can't own the fact that they made a decision that was outside of me. I said, I have always been open to you having relationships with anyone that wants to have a healthy relationship with you. Anyone that wants a healthy relationship with you, I allow it. Why? Because those are so necessary. I said, I talk to you. I communicate with you. I engage with you because those are the things that I want you to take away as part of, you know, great habits, best practices when you have children and you have relationships because I didn't always have that in mind. And I said, so I'm going to tell you today, I carried around a lot of guilt and I said, I'm taking back my freedom. I carried around a lot of guilt because I felt that it was my fault that you didn't have these people in your life. But I knew that I wouldn't even be the person I am today if I had stayed. The life that you've enjoyed and thrived in and the awarenesses would be very different if I had stayed because I was dying from the inside out. And I said, so I'm not going to make any more apologies today, starting today. And this was Friday. I said, I am free from the mom guilt of making a decision to choose me so that I can be there for you. You see, I had to choose me to be there for him so that my now is reflected in fertile ground to grow to my next. And I felt so liberated with that conversation and he cried and I cried and, and I just said, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry that I left. I'm not. And I said, but I know you're hurting. If you want to talk to somebody, you could talk to someone, but I'm also not going to give you neuroses that you don't have. I'm not going to tell you that you have a complex or a problem or issue and you don't. I said, there might be some things subconsciously that you haven't processed and dealt with. I said, but when we're talking about college applications and what happened with your grades and you got here to California and academically things began to snowball, you know what I mean? And, um, I said, it's because things that happen in situations or situations that happen in our life do impact the way that we think about ourselves, how we show up in school as a young person trying to process it. I said, those things matter. And when we write your college essays, we got to talk about that because we have to explain why these grades are not indicative of your abilities. And I said, so that you can really begin to operate and walk in your truth and live your very best life. And that conversation was so freeing. And since that moment, I have felt so much lighter. I have felt a new energy flow between me and my son. I feel that there's a whole new awareness that he has of himself and understanding of me as his mom. And it doesn't mean that at times he's not going to get frustrated with me because after all, it is me and I do some things that are kind of off the wall. But I'll tell you this, which is my also greatest joy, is that when he comes in and before he's like, oh, give me a kiss, da, 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 every night now, since then and throughout the day, 
he just quietly, and this is his way, he kisses me before he goes to bed. I don't care what time it is. It's, it's late. And he gives me a hug. And when I text, I love you, and he texts right back, I love you too. There's a lightness about him. That freeness. Because for years, my guilt subconsciously was weighing on him. Because I was tiptoeing and doing things to try to mitigate the fact that there was a hole that was there. But he's had amazing role models in his life. He has an amazing you know, man in his life that is there for him, supports him, supports me, cares about me, cares about him, you know. Um, so what do I have to feel guilty about? And so this day, this July 1, new goals, same mission, new month. It is time to really begin to operate in your freedoms. To be free to be you. Be free to have some conscious conversations so that you can remove some things that have been binding you. Been binding your tongue, binding your mindset, binding your growth because you're too afraid or didn't seem to have the courage or even the wherewithal to just start the conversation and I'm going to tell you that I didn't plan on having that conversation but you know God knows best it just came out and the timing couldn't have been more perfect and I'll tell you if there is something that's binding you Physically, spiritually, emotionally, and even socially. Break free of those chains. It's Independence Week. It's time to be free. It's time for you to live your very best life today. Loving you on purpose, with purpose. That is your daily dose of Dr. Vitamin D. And I encourage you to have a magnificent Monday because I am, and you are free to have one as well. Have a great day. Bye-bye.